Welcome to Trailer Talk. This is going to be a little spin-off from our main episodes. We are delighted to jump into this because it includes being joined by some amazing humans that we've been lucky enough to cross paths with. Our first guest is Day Cabman, a well-established local industry professional known for her exquisite airbrush techniques, over 20 years teaching at Blanche McDonald, and a very long list of impressive productions that she's worked on. Hi, Day. <laughs> Hi. I don't know about the professional part. That's a bit of an oversell. <laughs> no, no. You're, well, you exceed okay. any expectations that we could have. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. We have an understanding. <laughs> yep. So we're just going to jump right in with some questions here and Perfect. answer how you, how you like and how you would, you know? All right. Yeah. Okay. So a pretty good basic one straight away is how did you find your love and passion for makeup? Always loved makeup. And even as a kid would uh, do lots of face painting and my mom would buy me face painting kits. And I, my real youngest memory of that was having the Kiss Alive album. And each day I would pick a different Kiss character from the album. (laughs) That's awesome. And I would face paint myself and then go out and roller skate That's in inc- the neighborhood. That's incredible. That's an amazing... My mom let me do this. So pictures <laughs> of it with like pigtails on metal roller skates in the 70s. Um, yeah. That's... So, I, yeah, that's my earliest memory of makeup, to be honest. And then uh, throughout high school, no, still absolutely loved makeup and was involved in theater. So obviously there's a connection with makeup there mm-hmm. um, and then joined a band and it yeah. was very goth-tastic. So there was a big tie-in <laughs> I love with that word choice. <laughs> recovering goth. And Did you just say you're was... a recovering goth? <laughs> recovering goth, yeah. Nice, nice. A little bit lighter now. I've like This is less black eyeliner and black eyeshadow than I ever wore. Like it was yeah, intense. And when my band broke up and I needed to find a real job and uh, really academically wise, not too inclined, uh, <laughs> yeah, really was floundering. So I was about 23 or 20, 23 or 24 at that time. And um, a, a friend of mine was going to makeup school. And I had some free time because I was unemployed and had nothing. And I went in and modeled for him a few times. And I went, I could do this. This is complete. I feel completely at home. And I'd never really thought of makeup as a career Mm. at that point. Because everything I was really experiencing at that point was on the performer side of it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I signed up for school. They didn't even need to give me a tour. The whole bit. I just literally went and I scrounged money and begged my grandparents and my parents and people chipped in that was also many many years ago when tuition was far less yeah just in general to be honest do you know what I mean like I think my whole program was like four thousand dollars wow wow yeah this is 20 some odd years ago though do you know like so yeah it was um it was easier to finance that so I dove like I just dove right in that's amazing that's how I ended up kind of falling into makeup that's a really great reply it just sounds like your whole life was a natural progression to this career path and lifestyle like it was embedded in you from such an early age of interest and then how you found that route and then progressed it into the career you have Mm -hmm. did you know you always wanted to do film absolutely not I don't (laughs) want to do film does yeah <laughs> honestly that's in our normal episodes we're always like why yep. do we do this to ourselves <laughs> to be insane okay so my first job I got was a student film a week out of school okay and I had no idea I mean as yeah. we all have yeah. no idea I have some training but I have no absolute idea how to do this you gotta remember we didn't have YouTube I couldn't look up something on my phone like I had a pager yeah <laughs> that yeah. was there was no, like, Googling how-to in the honey wagon. No. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're kind of in a pinch and you're like, oh, shit, how do I do this? There was nothing. I didn't even have a phone. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a cell phone when we started. Like, I just didn't. Because that was 1998 for us. Do you know what I mean? Like, that. Yeah. I didn't. So, I had a pager. 
And that was it. And maybe if you could get to a payphone, you could phone a friend of yours and go, <laughs> how do I do this? <laughs> yeah, for the likelihood. But at that time, I also didn't know industry people. So the only people I would have known would have been fellow students. Do you see? Like yeah. there was no, yeah. yeah. So I dove into that and I struggled through that. I was scared shitless doing it. And then I ended up doing quite a bit of like student film. I won't even say independent. There was one thing that kind of got up into that, but I would call it more student film out of the gate. And um, I didn't really like, I liked the create the challenges of it sometimes, um, but already I'm like, this is stupid. Yeah. Because stupid. It just takes too, everything takes too long. This is stupid. Yeah. So I ended up walking away from after a year, I said, no, I'm not doing anymore. And I concentrated strictly on uh, fashion photo shoot. I didn't do anything film related at all. Nice. Um, and I got a job at Blanche teaching and then I taught myself airbrush and then I managed to become a teacher there because at that point there was nowhere to learn airbrush. Mm-hmm. There was no programs up. Wow. I started. So you kind of created that. Todd McIntosh wrote the original curriculum. So mm-hmm. from down in LA and I sent it up and then I was like the second class that taught it and we developed the curriculum from there because I had notes, but I didn't know how to teach it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regardless, 15 years of doing that, wow. like I did not do film. For, I did not get back into film until, and I can't even say I was into film, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I got a call um, in Holland, of course, my husband. Yep. Uh, he was in film the whole time. Yeah. That's also another reason why I, I don't want to say I couldn't do it. I had no real interest. And then also having kids, having a family. I stayed home with the kid. Yeah. That was what I did. And I'm... I did makeup, but I managed to teach. And that was my own schedule. And I could freelance and do whatever I wanted. So it worked really, really well. And I had no desire to do film. What, and I had people asking me many times, you should get into film. I'm like, no, no. And then how I got into film was Star Trek. Yeah. Nice. And that's what I thought. And actually, our, yeah. our first episode of season two is about Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was like a huge incentive as why we wanted to interview, obviously, because we really like you as a human being and you're a fantastic <laughs> person to talk to. Um, but also yeah. that was my understanding that it was because Holland was working on it and they needed more Air painters and airbrushes. So I yeah. had no, I'd never painted a prosthetic in my life. Ooh. I had never. <laughs> I just can't yeah. even imagine being in the shop. They're like, okay, here you go. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I almost threw up three I, yeah. times on the first day. I believe you (laughs) because I walked in and there's all these people like the top of the top yeah and I felt like you want to talk about imposter syndrome you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like it I had no business being there like I mean I did if you look at it in the big picture they needed me they needed a skill set of painting but my god I walked in there and I'm like I can't be here and I meet Joel Harlow on the very first day. They call me in and they line everybody up. They're like, we're going to need everybody to step up the quality and everyone's going to be I'm like, I've never even painted a fucking prosthetic. I can't be here. Like, I can't do this. But how I got hired, to be honest, was that um, Holland was honest because they said, do you know anybody? Because by, by that time, everybody in Vancouver was already working on Star Trek. Yeah. If not their regular show. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was they tapped everything out. Um, and they just said, we need painters and airbrush people. And Holland said, my wife paints, but she's never done this style, but she can, she can paint. And they're like, can she learn? Can she take direction? He says, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He goes, can, can they, can she handle the stress? Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't know. I think so. And they're like, well, we've got nothing to lose. Bring her in. And literally I got the call when I was at Nestor's, I was grocery shopping and Holland said, uh, can you get to the studio right now? And I'm like, I'm in the grocery store. Yeah. And I said, when? And he goes, now. And I'm like, okay. And I walked in and they said, how much do you want? And I totally lowballed myself. Why? Because I I, I probably could have got, I did okay for myself, but I could have done a lot better. But also, right. I have no fucking experience. I was like five bucks. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what? But that's like, yeah, just like showing that how you just coming in, you're like, I'm just okay. Let me try. And also, I think it reflects that you were just truly in it to for the experience. And I feel like a lot of your background of career is, it seems, is that you do it for the love and the passion. You're Absolutely. Not, you're not yeah. like, Absolutely. where can I get so, the biggest paycheck? Yeah, I have no interest in that. Yeah. Um, and so when I went in there, I learned, that changed my entire life. 
it changed the entire trajectory of my career because they all knew that I was just doing the best I could. And I actually did pretty good because I had, again, my husband bailed me out many times. He'd walk over to me because I'd be just sitting there going, staring at the very first thing I painted. I asked them, they lined up two things and they go, just recreate this. And I'm like, okay. There's one that already been painted by like phenomenal painter. Yeah. And I have the bare <laughs> silicone thing, like just sitting there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I said, just out of curiosity, I don't even get a practice, right? The full cowl, it's oh. sitting there. And I said, just out of curiosity, how much is this worth? And they go, uh, about $8,000. And I went, no pressure though. No pressure. <laughs> I think that one was actually about 12, but it was about 12 grand. And I'm like, oh, and that's when I went into the bathroom again. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> You were like, I was I grocery shopping two hours ago. <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> I can't go out there. Um, and I almost quit the first day, like when I got home, because I was in tears. Yeah. And not because anybody put any pressure on me, but like, I just like, I, this is, I'm in way over my head, right? Like mm-hmm. I, and Holland said, you can quit if you want. Of course you can. And he goes, but I also think you might regret it for the rest of your life if you just quit it because you were scared. Yeah. And that was the bottom line. And I thought about that. And then in all seriousness, I have never forgotten this. An opportunity fell into my lap. Now, obviously, I'd already been a makeup artist for 15 years. So I paid my dues in other respects, yeah. but not in film and not in makeup prosthetic. I have a job opportunity right now that people work their entire lives for that people grow up going I want to work on Star Trek or I want to work with Joel Harlow or I whatever it is and I could not be so fucking disrespectful to just chicken out yeah like I just I really felt that that would I don't know it just felt really cheap to me and I'm like you know what I'm gonna like I have to look at this from I'm really lucky to have this opportunity to learn and yeah. I did. I learned, well, you can imagine. I learned <laughs> yeah. from the best of the best. I yeah. was in a shop with them for 12 hours a day and I could walk over and go, how do you do this? How do you do? show me what you're doing? And that's how I learned. That is exactly how I learned. And then I got called into um, help out on Van Helsing where I met yeah. you, Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. Like four months after that. I didn't realize that was so close together because that's when I was doing work well, experience. Well, so I guess it was a bit more than that because we, we guess we finished in September. So maybe it was February. No, it must have been like February, March of it, the following year. Yeah, it was. Right? It was like February. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no, it was that back into film. Um, but again, you got to remember it was a bit easier for me because I had a long history of makeup knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And working knowledge. So there's a lot that is transferable. What I didn't know was the actual how on set runs. Right. Like that's what I had to learn. But a lot of the makeup stuff, I, to be honest, I knew that I had that background. Yeah. You had like 20 plus years of teaching. That's yeah. Yeah. I feel like the on set stuff, you kind of just have to do it to learn it. Like I still don't like it. You pick it up. It's the least favorite part of my job is on set. Going it's, to set. I hate it. I hate it. If I could just stay in the trailer, bang out makeups, and yeah. then fix them when they come in and send them back, I would be happy. If I just had to paint, if you kept sending me 10 people a day to work on, and I never had to go to set, I'd, that'd be my dream job. That would job. be your choice. But I can see that, because I feel like you are such a... Like, it's all about the art and the creative process and the emotion behind it Mm -hmm. and, like, the story. And so much is drawn from that. And I I think that's great that to be a teacher and to influence your students to move forward with their makeup with Mm -hmm. that purpose. I try. I try. I also try to teach them to not be precious about their makeups. Like, I'm not precious about my makeups. I will do something and then it's over and it's fine. Yeah. You, and if, or should we change it or something happens to it or it gets destroyed? So, like, I'm not precious about it. Yeah. And I'll just wash it off or I'll dump something. I will literally take a makeup that I think is perfect in class or so, so, as close as I can work it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do we do if we just take a, I don't know, black eyeliner and just draw a line across someone's face? And people are mortified. And I'm like, just don't be precious about this. Yeah, I truly, it's, it's not permanent art. It's not, it is meant to be, it's in the moment. That's how I view makeup. It is in the moment. So I, I'm not that precious about it. You want to take a fire hose to it and get a cool shot out of it? Fine. (laughs) I don't want to reset it afterwards, which is what I don't like about set. But if you want to, do you know what I mean? Or pull something over their face or do Mm -hmm. something like, I don't care. Just get the shot. 
Yeah. And make it look cool and make it something like, as I stated today, perfection does not interest me at all. That's a really good motive even I'm feeling like to move forward with when creating a makeup now. Like even just having that, like it's not precious. This is semi, this is like not permanent art. Yeah, just I think do it. it's so easy to get like so caught up in it when you're doing it and then it's it's not looking like you want it and to. And you're or, micro-focusing. Yeah, and you're just like. Because you're not stepping back and looking at the whole thing, Mm-hmm. You're sucked into the detail where you're having problems with that liner and then you got that and you're working that liner and you're like, good. Well, it doesn't matter if you don't have the contour banged out enough to show up. I don't care if your liner is good. If the structure of the rest of the makeup isn't there, details is important. But I also think just stepping back and looking at the overall thing. And if you can do it with a Q-tip and a sponge and you smudge that thing out and it looks awesome, then that's what you do to the makeup. You don't have to use your $60 brush. I have like some of my favorite $60 brushes, Mm -hmm. but I also know, Ruby, you've seen me do some of my work where I'll deconstruct things. I do not care. And that's why I get called to do those witchy, gothy, blown out, edgy kind of makeups because I will literally take my hands and just like, smear it all over and drag stuff down the face and everyone's trying to do it with a brush and I look over I'm like get rid of your brush and just smear the shit out of that don't paint on dirt with a brush (laughs) yeah what are you doing I love that you saying that's reminded me of multiple times that we've been on set together and I think because of your teaching background something that actually me and Lala were talking about this recently that will be working with you and you're so good at stepping back and you're always like, what do you think? And me and Lala were like, isn't it funny when Day asks you what you think? Because yeah. you're just like, I don't know, Day, like, you're... <laughs> what do you mean, what do I think? <laughs> yeah, like, it looks fantastic to me. But you're really good at that moment of reflection and then, like, where do we go from here? Because we get clouded by, and sometimes our own personal, whether it could be our own style or you're emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're emo- you do sometimes get a little bit emotionally attached to what you're doing and you can't see it clearly. Whenever there's emotion involved, you don't see things clearly. Simple as that. So if I'm feeling this and I'm looking, but I can't see it anymore because I was inspired by something. But here's the example I'll make. It's with photographs. Um, Usually the picture that I love is not the one that gets chosen for publication or even proofs of even myself. I will be like, I love this one. And my husband, my friend, you know, anyone else, they're like, uh, no. (laughs) I'm like, but doesn't that look good? They're like, no. I'm looking at from whatever it is, whatever my self-perception is, whatever it is, I'm just, I'm a little bit, I can't see it clearly sometimes. Um, or I'm, I welcome other suggestions. I think that's the biggest thing because someone will say, hey, what about if we add orange into that? And I'm like, that is not something where my brain would go at all, but that's fucking brilliant. Definitely open to criticism and I'm open to ideas. Mm. And it can lead you into interesting things because also as artists, we do tend to get, we do our same thing and we can get repetitive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you, you know what works, right? So you follow, it starts to become a little bit formulaic a lot of times. So having somebody else that will just comes up with something that you would never think. Sometimes you look at them and go, that's a really dumb idea. Like, yeah. But sometimes <laughs> it works <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> kind of fucking cool I would never have done that (laughs) yeah I've had students that have made mistakes do you like I've really buggered something up yeah they've failed the assignment but they created something cool so those are two different things too and I will say okay I asked you to do this and you did not succeed with it like that's not good however if we take away what the assignment was and I look at what you just did I like that right I like that way of teaching. Yeah. Because then you're still not telling someone that their techniques are wrong and what they or created is bad. Good. It's yeah. just in it's the never parameters. Wrong. Yeah. It's just that was not the assignment. Mm-hmm. So big part of what we do, we have to take direction. Yeah. All the yeah, time. We're not definitely. working for ourselves unless I'm doing my own photo shoot or unless I'm in inter- Like we are always taking direction. So we have to do what we're told and we can give input and we can give opinions. But ultimately... You know, with productions, sometimes they want things to look stupid. That's what I think. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, basically, you may as well tell me, make that look as dumb as possible. (laughs) I think... Okay. There was a makeup, I think you did. That sounds so horrible, but you no. know you know what I mean. I, yes. Totally. Yeah. And I was about to say, I feel like a few years ago, you did your daughter's makeup 
you in Holland for Halloween and she, she went to school and you called yeah. it like the LA exec because it just did not make sense. None of the injuries like, were cohesive, but you were like, looks awesome. <laughs> and you're but like, totally oh. unrealistic. Yeah, like this is an LA exec. <laughs> the LA exec oh, special. Oh my God, that's right. I did, because that's to me, I'm like, this makes no sense. This is dumb. But, I mean, cool. But yeah, she looks like, badass. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. We weren't going for realism. The problem is sometimes when we're trying to like conceptualize something or we're trying and you tell me what you want and I'm like, and then they veto something. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense, but yeah. okay. Yeah. I will tell you my favorite story from a director. I was doing a test makeup and I was doing I, what I thought was a really cool concept. I knew they weren't going to go for it, but I knew I had two tests to do like back to back in that day. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do what I think is cool. And I know they're going to hate it, but I'm going to do it anyways. Nice. And I did it. And I still stand by, I think it's rad. But when I walked in and I saw their faces right away, I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they hate it. It was supposed to be, they used the term primitive, tribal, a few other words. So to me, I actually did this concept of this body paint where paint was just smeared on with brushes and hard strokes, mm. nothing refined, very like how you would do it with clay. Yeah. Yeah. Like an organic body. look. Yeah. Even though the pictures they had gave me were almost like uh, eyeliner, like perfectly eyeliner, like straight black lines. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do this without saying exactly what I worked on. <laughs> I know, the constant struggle. <laughs> it is sometimes. I mean, yeah. it's aired and everything, but I don't want to sound disrespectful. But this is a, this is an artist versus production moment. Yes, so it happens. I went, yeah, and it was supposed to be. So then the question I asked... If you want it, because they didn't like what I did, that's fine. I'm going to go back and do what I knew we were going to end up doing anyways, right? <laughs> and I said, who did this makeup on this person? How even, you're showing me these perfectly delicate, precise lines. How did this get on him? How did it get on his back? Does he have minions that paint it all in? Yeah. Was it delicately done? Like, how does this makeup come to be? And the response that I got was, we don't need to get that deep about it. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and then there's just like that fight of like disrespect for you as an artist and also like but I wasn't performer. even upset yeah. it was the best answer because it don't matter make it look cool <laughs> so I was like okay my thing was that I had actually put thought into how this would be they're like just make it look cool and do eyeliner I'm like copy that you know what I mean like I'll do it and you know what I actually really like the makeup how it turned out if I can get out of my head of what the original, um, how they described the character to me. Right. Like the makeup is cool. Yeah. It's actually really fucking cool. Like if you watch it, it's rad. But based on me brainstorming, actually thinking about how would this like, yeah, no. <laughs> we don't need to get that deep about how did the makeup get on him? I don't think is a very in-depth question. No. <laughs> I, we I don't didn't need see that worry. as being too deep. <laughs> it's better if you don't think about it. It's better if you don't ask questions. <laughs> Pretty much. Just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> they were very, very happy with the end result, and it looked great on film and everything, but I'm like, it still didn't really make sense. <laughs> but good for you for going for it, first of all, and then being I like, had to. all right. I honestly, because there's got to be one time where you do do yeah. the thing that you think they're going to say no to, and then they get in front of them, and they're like, oh, this is actually this is actually pretty cool. And you're like, I know, I told you, I told you. You know what? Be. The best experiences have been if they really give parameters and then really let you run. Mm -hmm. that I found for me, that's when I, we've produced the best work. It's when you're micromanaged a little bit too much or you get four or five people giving the opinions. Uh, that becomes difficult. The best work I've done, but see, now this sounds arrogant and I'm not sure if it is or if it's just, if you just give me an assignment and let me go, I will actually come to you and go, do you want to go this route or this route? And then they give me that and I will abide by all of that. But if you just let me do my job, I can usually do it pretty good. I don't think that sounds arrogant. I think that sounds very correct and is reflected in a lot of your work. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean though too, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Because at the end of the day, we're all artists. We're all painters. We're all yeah. doing our own thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can be commissioned for something. We can be creating something. But mm -hmm. why we're there and why we're employed is because they want the, our m mind to kind of run with that and create that vision. Yeah. 
Yeah, and at yeah. the end of the day, you know what you're doing. Beyond makeup, how do you? How else do you like to express yourself creatively? Because you seem like such a creative person. So when you're not doing makeup, how do you find outlets for that? For a long time, that's kind of all I did. And then when the kids were younger, that was a lot harder. It just it just was. Mm-hmm. Um, now that all the kids are kind of grown, well, our youngest is fourteen. So what I mean by grown up is like you know she can make her own dinner. Right? Yes. Yeah. I can go home and work. I can eat. I have a lot more freedom now. So I have started, I, I paint sometimes, but not too much. And the biggest thing that I've started doing is like dance classes. Yeah. Because anything else that I do still, which I do, I mean, that's what I mean. I'll decorate things. I'll do this. I'll paint things. But that's still tied into my job somehow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when I changed that and did something that really I had no business doing. I have no real dance background. Do you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't just do that. I can't be 40 someone years ago, like, I don't going to take a dance class. And I did it. Yeah. And when I go there, there is nothing connected to my job there. And there's no one that's going to talk to you about your job. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's interesting too, because the way you describe going to a dance class and being like, I had no business being there is also the way you describe it. It almost seems like you work well in those situations of kind of I do. being in a new place and just kind of learning on the spot. I, yeah, you know what? That's interesting. You should say that. I hadn't really thought of that, but I do try to challenge myself and over the years because I got very complacent for a long time. Mm. Um, and again, part of that was just life, kids, family, everything so normally I guess they say you should just go out and you should do things when you're 20 and this that the other thing it's like yeah but it depends where your life is and I did do that for a portion and then I buckled down and worked do you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. then got married kids the whole bit and now as I head towards 50 it's kind of like I can really do whatever the hell I want to do yeah like I really (laughs) I think that especially on your social media you really and in like I mean, I haven't seen you because of the pandemic, but you do promote that. It's like, yeah, let's take the age out of it. Just go and fucking do it. Yeah. Just yeah, do it because here's the thing. I never, well, I guess we could get a little bit. It just depends. It's hard because when I say dance, yeah, let's just tell, let's just say what it is. Okay. So I got into burlesque. (laughs) Yeah. That's fucking rad. So, and the reason why I think this is so important, what's the most mortifying, embarrassing thing in your dreams and everything else that we've talked about our entire life? Being naked in public. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. That's the most mortifying, horrifying (laughs) thing you could possibly do. So at 46 years old, I decided that I should do that. (laughs) And I cried. I cried when I first, and it was leading up towards a group show and that, and I'm like, I can't do this. I, same thing like Star Trek, though. Do you see the same thing? The thing that has caused me the most, like, turmoil in the beginning stages of it, the thing that I'm like, I can't do this. I shouldn't be here, right? I, and if I can get through that, it usually turns out to be one of the best experiences of my life. And I did that and I'm like, no one wants to see because I don't, I'm not perfect. I'm the furthest thing from it in regards to maybe an ideal or anything else. And I'm like, I'm just a mom and I'm going to get up there and I'm going to, everyone in the class is like 20 years younger than me. That's fine too. And I got up on my stage, on that stage. And when I first signed up, I didn't know there was a performance. That's what you also need to know. I, and then when wow. I found out it was a performance, I just assumed that it was going to be in the dance studio for like friends and family. Come to find out it's at the Rio, which is like 400 seat yeah. venue. That's where I cried. Cause yeah. I'm like, I can't do this. And my friends came out and I did it. And the world didn't end. And then being a little bit dramatic about that, but there, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, I did it. And you're still here. <laughs> and in fact, my friends were happy for me. And when I saw them the next day, I had high fives and everyone was like, that's rad! Like, and it was just, it was a very freeing thing. You just learn that it just doesn't matter. What a- like all the hangups that you have about everything, it just, it doesn't really matter. I'm not saying I don't have bad days about maybe from self-confidence and that. I still don't think 
I'm anywhere near perfect. If that makes sense, like I don't have that kind of real cockiness or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that you just get over it. And at the end of it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, really. We're just... It doesn't matter. We're, we're just like little specks of dust floating through the universe. And let's just go for it. And if you can cover yourself in glitter and bedazzled and make people laugh or make people... Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. have a good time or... And that's something that I found with burlesque that was really interesting as opposed to straight, just strip joints. Yeah. Nothing, again, no judgment on that, but it's a very different format. Yeah, they it. are. It's not transactional, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? It's And I can't say it's more performance driven. That's not really a fair statement um, either, but it's a different, it's non-transactional. That's yeah. the best way I can kind of yeah. put it. Um, you can go on, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can do whatever you want in a strip club too, but ultimately you're trying to get paid. Yes. So the mindset's a bit different with it, right? And in burlesque, yeah, you can literally experiment any way that you want. And um, as I said, it's very freeing. And more importantly, I've literally seen all ages, genders, races, skin t- tones, body types. Like literally, if you go to like a bigger show, you will see someone that looks like you. Yeah, that's amazing. And so it has that kind of thing, like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be so serious about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, why And am that I... changed my attitude with a lot of things then, too. Yeah, like, why am I putting that additional pressure on myself, is that someone like me couldn't be on stage? Because burlesque... That's exactly it. Burlesque, yeah. like, I, I'm, I don't, haven't ever done burlesque, but that just seems to be the attitude that it continually yep. is imprinted within yeah. that form of dance. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter what you look like, because yeah. you're a human... Oh. And, and you you're can just do gonna it. have fun, and that's like really all it's about. That's so, so yeah, that's what I decided to do as I like went towards fifty. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So I know you said that you don't really like uh, working in film. <laughs> What's well, absolutely fine because I think that's how me and Buffy actually bonded. <laughs> how we became good friends. But uh, I was just wondering, what is a dream film franchise or character that you'd love to work on? I can't think of one and what I mean by that is the best experiences I've had have been with the people I've worked with the actors that I've worked with it's not so much the makeup a lot of times I think about how people made me feel yeah I think about how much how much I laughed with people if you think of Van Helsing how much we laughed in that trailer that's why people went back to that. Honestly, yeah. Craziness. For as crazy as it was, I mean, it was mayhem. Van Helsing is, was insane. <laughs> Five seasons of anything could happen. Oh my God, yeah. And there's the normal film, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's Van Helsing, anything could happen. There's a saying now that's just like, I don't know, it's Van Helsing. Yes. <laughs> just go with it. But so I, I can't think of anything that I'd really like to do, do. And I also am a bit wary of anything that I could think of that would be really big because the bigger the machine is, if we were already complaining about interference or too many cooks in the kitchen, I don't know. So I actually like some of my just little small, and they're not even small. I, I honestly no. think the things that I'm proud of or the, the people that I've worked with, that actually just counts more to me. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking we we sound kind of negative about film, and I don't think that that's fair. I think there's different levels of how you want to work in film, and I just don't, and I refuse to give up my life for film. Yeah. And I still do well for myself, but it just means I don't take the sure thing. I don't make as much money, and um, I'm not in, I don't build up the resume the same way, and I'm I'm not the head honcho, and that's fine with me. Like, yeah. people are shocked when they're like, you want to come in second assist? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. If we're doing cool makeups of, like, these gothy witchy makeups in its background care, I'll do, like, 100 background people. I don't care. I love that stuff. Yeah. People... And people are shocked by that sometimes. I'm like, I don't care. I'll go from being kind of, like, quote, higher up. Do you know what I mean? And I'll be in the makeup effects trailer one day doing, like, a main, like, cast member. And the next day, I will go hang out at the football field painting people in the background I don't I don't care in fact I kind of like those days a lot of times because there's like no stress yeah we've talked about that before that sometimes being in the BG tent is the most fun because absolutely you know you're and come on 
BG people, like, there's some weird... You get some oh, good yeah. stories. You get some good stories out of that tent. <laughs> I kind of love it. Yeah. I kind of love it. And there's one after the other, and you're yeah. like, next thing you know, it's been six hours, and you're like, that's yeah. awesome. Wow, and that's lunch. <laughs> there's yeah. some odd ducks. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I fully embrace that. I'm like, tell me a story. We've got, like, 30 minutes. I know. <laughs> I'm very much the same. And I just... I just work and I pick and choose. And again, if you look at, I don't take dispatch calls or anything. I work for the people I want to work with. Not that I won't branch out. I just say, but as I said, it's how I feel when I come home from work. It's the people that I work with that are more important to me than having anything ticked off on my resume. Yeah. doesn't matter to me. It's just about the art and Mm -hmm. the humans. Yeah best thing I've ever done is I didn't even really make any money from you know what I mean yeah like, it's funny how that works out I feel like yep. that's a lot of people's experience like can be some people's experiences where they really start to reflect and they think what well, what was like the most memorable time that I had and it's normally on the unpaid gigs with a group of friends yeah or something like that well I was talking uh, to Holland about this and I said still to my to this day was I don't know if we're ever going to see it because it was supposed to hit the short film circuit like 2020, that yeah. short mm-hmm. that I asked you to come out on. Yes. Those makeups were fucking awesome. They were incredible. <laughs> like They were beautiful. And just for context, um, for people listening, they were, it was a short film and we had a bunch of pixies and fairies and yeah. they were like full body paints and glitter and like amazing it's contouring. One HOD job I've ever taken. Yeah, and it was a night in <laughs> yeah. a, a band, like an old village hall on the North Shore <laughs> for a night shoot. And I couldn't stay the whole night because I was picking up my friends from the airport. This was like back in 2019. Yes, and, it was. Yeah, and it was like 2 a.m. and it was pouring outside, but they were it like, was- these eight beautiful pixie fairies with all their like gold and vines and eyelashes and sculptural features. That was a, that was a good time. It was. And it made me feel good because I managed to somehow just call in favors and had a whole bunch of awesome artists come out for basically no money. And (laughs) just because I'm like, I promise you we will do something cool. I promise. I can't pay. (laughs) Yeah. And it was fun. (laughs) But again, the main reason why I think it worked was because I could hire anybody I wanted to Mm -hmm. because it was a non-union gig, first of all. So I hired some fashion, my fashion friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had some film people, but it was a blend. And so I had a couple of film people, but I had my fashion, my high fashion people that can do amazing work and um Kelsey Anna. yeah I just called in I just called in some favors <laughs> yeah all. but it was beautiful because I also I hope my goal was I did not micromanage I made I told everybody what I needed them to do and gave them a job mm-hmm. and I gave them the job that I knew they could do and then yeah. I left them alone and if there was something that I needed changed here's the difference and hard thing that I've had sometimes is that when it comes to very creative things, sometimes a makeup artist struggle with that. And that can just be because they've been on automatic pilot for so long. And film can do that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Film absolutely can do that to you. If you're just doing, and when I say just doing, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but you're just doing corrective makeup every day. And you're just doing this and you fill in the brows and that's just what you do every day. When it comes to doing like those gothy, witchy, blown out makeups, that's pretty traumatizing to make that jump. And so it's not that the people can't do it. That muscle just hasn't been flexed in so long. Yeah. <laughs> that they're like, a little bit of black. And I'm like, no, just like, <laughs> just black. Just <laughs> smear it down the face. People it- lose that kind of thing. It's just, and purely, as I said, it's not a lack of ability. It's just that muscle has atrophied and they just have trouble tapping into it, right? Yeah, film, as I said, it can just, kind of do that and that's what I don't like about film also um and then I also find that people want something bigger and bolder and they can't communicate it right Mm -hmm. and they can't do it that becomes harder to communicate what your vision is if you actually can't do the makeup yeah yeah treading very lightly here I don't want to be disrespectful about it but I understand when I ask you to do something if you're not doing it how I need it done, I'm going to come over and I'm going to grab the brush and I say, I need you to do this and I'm going to show you and then I'm going to hand you the brush and I'm going to let you do it. If you don't have that ability, then either one, you have to kind of let your vision go a little bit. What I mean by that is if you cannot communicate or do that makeup yourself, then you're going to have to like let that artist run 
Yeah. Does that make sense? There's a different it, it thing because you can't micromanage if you can't even do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and that's true because it's never going to be perfect and then you're just going to be really frustrated, but you can't be that's mad right. at someone because they can't that's look right. at the image in your brain. Uh-huh. And yeah. is that not the problem we have struggled with many, many times? They're like, but I need it theatrical yet simple, but dark, but not too dark. And then can you use black, but can it be kind of light? Yeah. This word salad. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Oh, here's another pet peeve if you want to talk about industry stuff. I don't think pulling reference pictures makes you a makeup designer. Fair. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) No, I I actually really like the dramatic pause that followed because I totally understand what you're saying. That term's been coming around a lot lately. People really put that tag on their their resume now. And I find that, I don't know, I find that weird. I mean, we're all makeup designers. Like, unless you've built a chart for me and call me in and go do this, Mm -hmm. then you've designed that makeup. If you just say, I kind of want something like this, can you do it? When I do that makeup, I'm the designer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's not a chart for me, you didn't design it. Yeah. I don't know why I got my backup on that lately, but I did because I saw other things again. I'm like, no, that's not how that works, but it seems to be how that's working now. Yeah. But no, I, I completely understand what you're saying and what you're coming from. And that literally does make sense. It's like someone being like, oh, I really want to build this house, but I don't know how to do that. And but I know I want this. And then an architect building it. Well, technically, the architect has built That's right. it. They you don't designed say, the house. I was the architect on this house. No. No, exactly. I no, know. you you showed me some pictures. And then I did it myself. Did <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah. And I think that's a fair point to say. Yeah. Thank you. We worked with you on a few different projects now, and you always bring whatever makeup you're doing to life. What me and Ruby are always like, how did she? How did she do that? Um, just an easy question. What are your favorite? What's your favorite style of makeup? Uh, I know you've said like the witchy, the more kind of grungy ones. And what kind of products do you like to use when you do those ones? Mm, I can use pretty much any shadow palette. I don't. It doesn't bother me. It's more of the tools and how you just don't look for perfection. It keeps kind of coming back to that, but it's very true. You go intuitively on how you want it to paint. So like that's what, you don't paint tears. Do you, like, yeah. <laughs> you just smear it down. Like, so there's the element about where we think too much about it. Mm. And we, we think, oh, I got to use this brush and this product and I don't. And I also think with film, I don't really do anything that um, that different. I pull more from fashion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that a lot of the film people just look at film work. Do you know what I mean? And I think you pull from painting and you pull from, I just, I pull a lot of tricks more from fashion makeups and I pop little points of that into just a standard makeup. Do you see? And that's what makes it look a little bit different, I think. Right. Hmm. And if you look, because just the other day I was mentioning, someone asked me about certain makeups. And I said, if I think back to two makeup artists that kind of really inspire me, because someone had mentioned Pat McGrath. And of course I love Pat McGrath. Like, yeah. I love it. I love her work. And But if I really dig deep into who inspires me makeup wise, um, there's two other artists. So I would say Alex Box, for sure. Okay, yeah. Um, just with the way the certain painting, like these little highlight and shade and the drop shadows that she paints into actually beauty makeups, mm. those are painted in. It's not lighting. Yeah. It's painted in. I steal a lot of that where people look at the makeups that I do and they think it's lighting. And I'm like, it's not, I've painted that highlight in there. Do you, like you highlight, you do a broad highlight and then you do a concentrated highlight and the concentrated highlight doesn't sit up onto the cheekbone it sits in the middle and the widest like the highest point right into the cheek it's just a different way of looking at it um so alex box and then joanne gare mm. joanne gare is a makeup artist who i adore and i would say probably hugely hugely influential on yeah. me and is incredibly versatile and not many people know her <laughs> name you've seen her work um, and she inspired me from a body painting point way, way, way back uh, when she did uh, the Demi Moore Vanity Fair cover. Demi Moore was in the painted on suit. 
Yes. With the tot. Look yeah. it up. You oh. guys are pretty young. You might not. No, I've seen that. I've, I've seen, seen that, that too, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's like Lunic. It's an absolute, it was the first time full body paint on the cover yeah. of Vanity Fair. It, and that's Joanne Gare's work. And I highly recommend you look at people like that and pick out mm. hers for her creativity. But again, she's incredibly versatile. That's what I really like about her. And she does all the swimsuit, the uh, Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit oh, yes. body paint. Yeah. That's all of her work. Wow. Yeah, she's an incredible artist. That's crazy. Yeah, but go look at some of her beauty makeup too, because she worked with Madonna for quite a few years and created a lot of those iconic looks. So take a look though, honestly, like look at her work and look at that and you'll see exactly where I came from. Right. Amazing. That's that's really cool though, like to go on the same thread that Buffy was saying about um, like what products and what, like how do you approach? I like that you like, just give me any palette. These, these is, this is what I pull from. These are the patterns and yeah. my inspiration. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter the product. Like you can create from shittiest little palette oh. at the dollar store and you can have the $50 palette. Mm-hmm. You can create yes. something with as those. As long as I have a selection of, you know, like water-based, almost like aqua color, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can use aqua color or I can use Suva Hydroliner or I can use the Mayron or the, the Paradise palette. I don't care. I need a water-based one. that can kind of drip and smudge and move i need shadows i don't care where they come from i just need some shadows um and then i need some grease paints that's like your three so it can be a flash palette or it can be so as long as i have those three mediums do you see then it don't matter yeah need it also i just want to jump on you saying pat mcgrath she has is about to or just has um become a dame and she's the first dame yep. to ever be knighted by the queen as a yep. makeup artist. Yeah. Wow. What's pretty incredible. What's That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Because, yeah, like her, she's hugely influential. Yeah. Like, it makes sense why she would be a dame. And mm-hmm. it's about time <laughs> that someone yep. in the makeup or like artistic world yeah. that has brought so much should be yeah. respected for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I just thought I'd add in. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. I'm wearing Pat McGrath lipstick right now. Come on now. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> and I don't see any transfer to that glass you're drinking out yeah, of. Yeah, on that note. Nope. Yeah. That's a good lipstick. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's not going oh, anywhere. Yeah. It better be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, um, I guess finally, to just wrap it up, I know you've touched on a lot of your moments in your career and on set, but do you have a favorite moment? Um just something really special that's happened to you on set that you think about? No, it's the people again. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. That one's a bit hard. There's so many different ones for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one. I, I think, know it's awful. No, that's not awful at, at all. I I can think of, like, my favorite experience with you. It was that, that would be good. I want to hear that. Yeah. My, one of my favorite times with you, Day, was when you asked me to come assist and we were doing a photo shoot oh um, yes using... at the corset shop <laughs> yes yeah just off main and yep. yeah we were doing it in your kitchen and then we went to the shop and we did some more <laughs> and we had like a couple of models and then after it was like really fun and a great day and the photographer Nina was fantastic and the images looked great um yep. but then it was after like everyone had left and then we just for the next hour tried on corsets and we're walking around in our underwear and then there's like a photo of me like wearing this really beautiful vintage like cheetah, cheetah che- is and cheetah yes. bra that was an amazing vintage of like you you can fit in that because it was tiny and i'm like i can't fit in that Ruby, like, you need to put that you're like no and i'm like no you need to wear that yeah but it was just and fun to walk around in corsets with you after a day's work <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, this looks amazing. Like, just tops off everything. Like, te- like never would happen in any other professional setting, but was just so well, that's fun. that's what I said at the top of this show. I said, be careful with the word professional. <laughs> <laughs> you could end up. It's so funny. Anything could happen. Yeah, wearing a corset in the middle of Maine, posing in a doorfront with, like, red fluffy high heels and caddies. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. But that moment of, you know, we created some cool images that day, too. Yeah, it was good fun. There was really some beautiful, mm. um, beautiful images with it. And it is that whole thing. Do it because you love it. Like, some of the stuff with film, you ultimately have to love makeup. But 
I don't know sometimes if there's a real love for it because it's just such a big machine, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the smaller things that where I find it's a bit more, well, then everybody is doing it for love. Yeah. You can't tell me everybody on a film set's doing it <laughs> for love. Yeah. Like it's a job. Yeah. Yeah. It's a job we're very lucky to have and we're fortunate, but it's, you know what I mean? People are phoning it in. Yeah. yeah. Not all, but there's going to be quite a few that just phone it in. And I'm like, oh, good enough. I'm like, really? See, I, I think we can always make things better, too. That's the thing. When I look at my own work, and that is also comes back when I ask you what you think of the makeup I just did. Yeah. Because it could be better. And maybe you have an idea. And just because I've been doing it longer than you doesn't mean you don't have good ideas. In fact, you probably have some better ideas because you might look at it differently. We get stuck in our own thing that we've been doing for years. So I just think people need to keep that completely open and get over your own ego yeah walk, that's all walk in the door with no ego and just see what Definitely, happens yeah i mean because i have an ego make no mistake because it's there because artists are like that too mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you've it been is. called in to do like a specific makeup you're like yeah i feel good about this this is awesome well that's a little bit yeah a, a bit different too but and it's a fine line and i and that's but i'm always very aware of it do you, and I'm always trying to make sure that, or if I get upset about something, I make sure, am I really upset about it or is it ego? Because sometimes mm-hmm. it's ego and then I yeah. step back and go, okay, don't be snotty about Like, you know, just, just check get yourself. over yourself. Because, you, you know, that can be an instinct that happens. And again, people who say that they don't do that, I'm like, you're lying. You're lying. And mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. But it's not. Just yeah. admit, okay, that was my ego getting in the way. Yeah, and then you move on. When you're able to do that, that's when you have the most fun working with the people you're working with and because you're actually able to collaborate and you're actually able to kind of come together as a team and not just all these people butting heads because you want more you know say in what happens or how it looks and well I've encountered that uh briefly again there was uh something that happened like a second assist kind of job and I was I was actually working in the trailer and then I was sent out to go do something to go go check on what's happening out there and jump in and get it done so those are orders that I was given Right. So when you go in there and have to do that, though, and are met with resistance because you're stepping on someone's toes. Well, one, I was sent in Two, we're talking about background. I respect the people in my chair, but they are also just lamps. (laughs) Yeah, they are set deck. When we get in there, we treat them as people. But what I'm saying from the point of view of the work, Mm -hmm. they're in the doorway down the hall. Like it, it doesn't doesn't matter. Who did the make? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Let go of that. And if someone can go fix up the lip for that person, just work together. I do not understand that lone wolf mentality with that stuff. Like, do you know me in the in the background area and getting scenes? That, I don't understand lone wolf mentality. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially that. we're in that environment. It's such a collaborative moment. It's like you're just all in it to help. Just get it done. Help yeah. and do it, and it is what it is. And you're a team. That's how I view it. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm in the minority, though. I, do, I, I think I'm in the minority because I'll do makeup. And if it's in the background, someone says, hey, can I touch that? Per-? I'm like, yeah, go. I don't care. Like, Ruby, you can go. Yeah, you can take my makeup. I, like, I genuinely, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. That's awesome. So, and I think people could really um, cause themselves, like, they could really just chill out and have an easier go of things if they just adopted that attitude. And again, it, I shouldn't say I don't care. Do you see what I'm saying is I'm not precious again about that makeup. Yeah. Like if yeah. they need powder and I'm over on the other side, you can touch my makeup. Yeah. yeah. If it's full cast and everything and they're right like this, that might be a little bit different, but even then not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you, if someone else can go in and powder, like I'm just saying, I don't get it. I think you've like okay. touched on some really important uh, aspects of how like makeup as a relationship and mm-hmm. how you should view it and not just like as a job you like talk about it with such emotion of like how it's like changed your life and what you've brought to it mm-hmm. it's not like during this interview I've definitely felt that uh, you, we're not talking about your job it's just about your life and I think yeah. it's really great to I feel like we've done a full circle of like starting how you grew up in your first like face paints and makeup and how that's just all kind of intertwined and even your view of work and film and fashion and teaching everything is just all about yeah. the it's about people and yeah people yeah and just that's, creating art yeah 
I love I that. care about the people in my chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they're super terrible, <laughs> then it's harder. <laughs> yeah. No. It and is. thankfully, that's only happened very, very rarely with me. And I don't know why. And I don't know if I can swing people around and modify their moods a little bit. I think I can a little bit. Mm-hmm. From the energy that I put out, I try very hard. But there has been a few people, but it's very, very, very few, you know, um, that I've encountered that I'm like, I think you're terrible. Yeah, I'm really happy that it's only been a few. That's good. And I think also, I mean, at the end of the day, you have your cast list and you have the people that come in. But I still like to think that whatever you're radiating, you're going to attract to. I agree. Mm -hmm. And you can manipulate and change for the better. Yeah, yep, because I hear all the time, this person's a problem. This person's a problem. They're kind of tricky the whole bit. They sit in my chair and we're laughing. Yeah. No, so I'm like, I don't I don't find that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't find that. I think you tiptoe around them. I think sometimes you think they're a little bit more I don't they're like they're uptight and they're not this. I'm like, I did not find that at all. I'm just saying more often than not, I've been like, I didn't find that at all. I found that either they were just very um uh they don't like small talk. That's not rude. Nope. They're not standoffish. They just don't want to talk about bullshit. Yeah. What's fine. That's okay. I actually prefer me. that I'll work mornings. in silence too, as long as it's not like awkward silence. I'll yeah. even tell them like, is it awkward silence? They're like, nope. I'm like, sweet. Then Great. Let's just be cool. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it then. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. Or do you want to chat? Do you, we can chat. That's fine too. Um, and I found if I have had someone that's a bit of a problem, all I do is manipulate them and get them to talk about themselves and we're good. Yeah. There you go. Sometimes that's all people need is just someone to tell stuff to and someone to listen. And if they also just want to talk about themselves, that's fine because it makes them happy. And then guess what? My job is easier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Really though. Yeah. So I don't, I don't manipulate in the sense, like if someone's really terrible, I won't say, oh yeah, we're best friends and I'm not going out for dinner with you. I'm not like, this is not happening. Mm -hmm. No. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not friends. This is work. And I won't excuse bad behavior either. I won't accept it. But I also just understand everyone's very different. If you just step away from it, you can usually tap into something that yeah. mellows them out. It takes Sometimes it takes a bit more effort, mm-hmm. but you can get there. Yeah. I feel like um, just as we're like kind of rounding off that you've been such an amazing person conversationalist and I think we've asked like maybe three three four questions and you've you, just like yeah, I talk a lot. no but I I really <laughs> enjoyed the progression of the conversation and, and just how it's flowed like it's I feel like we've just had such an amazing easy job because yeah you've, you've definitely just answered all of our questions <laughs> I was just gonna say going through the list of our questions we wrote enough I was like oh she talked about that she talked about that she talked about that you made our end so easy <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good as I said part of that comes from performing background years ago and then teaching teaching you have to stand in front of a whole group and somehow and make people stay engaged for hours sometimes (laughs) you know what I mean so there is that element where it doesn't bother me to just kind of talk and roll with it well you've been a really amazing first trailer talk guest yeah thank you so much (laughs) oh and I want to ask just before because on our regular podcast we kind of talk about a product that we're really loving of the week or recently and do you have a product that you just quickly want to talk about that you're really enthused and interested in well but you know what I actually don't buy that many things once I find things I really love like Pat McGrath matte trance lipstick out of my cold dead hands do you know what I mean (laughs) These lip colors are amazing. But one that I use all the time in my photo shoots, I would probably have to say the Hyperglow, the MAC, the palettes of the highlighters. I use those in all my makeups and people and for stage work too. And everyone always asks what it is. That's a good product. That's a good tip. There's been lots of really great information Mm -hmm. and tips and it was nice to conclude on a little product that you adore as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think that concludes us. And thank you so much, Day. We really yeah, appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been so time. much fun talking to you. Yeah, and good to see your face after so long. No, mm-hmm. I miss people. <laughs> I know. That's true. <laughs> and yeah, I'm really excited to be working with you again. I can yes. think I can speak for Buffy yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, really looking forward to seeing you soon. Okay, all right. Okay, and that was Day Cadman, and we just want to say a really big thank you. <laughs> If you guys are interested in following her or checking out anything that she's talked about, you can follow her Instagram at daycadman. We'll also leave it in our descriptions and stuff so you guys can see what that's like. Take a little peek. While you're there, if you want to follow us, 
Our Instagram is at blush and stuff pod. Our Twitter is at blush and stuff underscore pod. And our email is blush and stuff pod at gmail.com. Beautiful. Well Thank done. You. Thank you. I rehearse in the mirror each morning. <laughs> Take care. Stay kind. Bye. Bye. Bye.